I mean, is there a better Friday song than that song right there? If that doesn't get you fired up, I don't know what will. Welcome to the sports show. I'm Jeremy the Impact York. That makes you my amazing listening audience. Thank you for joining us. Of course, this is our all-sports show. Basically, anything sports-related that is not hockey. Of course, that would be board check, our other one of our other shows, and uh, of course that wouldn't be MMA or pro wrestling. That would be our third show, Strong Style, but this is the sports show. It's titled that to avoid confusion, basically. There is a lot to get into, and the fact that we're just now getting to do this show for the week actually panned out. There is some there is something that happened today that is quite interesting actually. And uh, we're gonna get into it very very shortly. But first, because we uh, of course NFL uh, we're gonna talk Super Bowl here in a minute. There is just a lot of news and notes and different things going on. A little NASCAR thrown in, and uh, pretty much football is going to dominate. So let's go ahead and get uh, the rest of it. I don't really want to say out of the way because a lot of it's just as important. Let's go ahead and do the non-football stuff, and then we'll finish up with and then we will finish up with. With uh, Super Bowl and, and, and uh, all that, all that fun stuff. Just trying to shore up something real quick. And there we go. All right, let's start with baseball. Baseball's had uh, a, a good, a good amount of stuff happen in the last week. Uh, some of the big things to to uh, discuss. Um, I'm gonna get through all these. Um, Trevor Bauer signed with the team, and it was not the Mets, who last I heard were the front runner and only team in the mix. No, he decided to be a LA Dodger. Yeah, a Dodger. 
And he's gonna he actually turned out a little bit more money. And um I think he just wanted to be a doctor. Maybe he was using the Mets to leverage him. I just I really don't know. Um But it is a three-year deal with the Dodgers with an opt-out after each year, pretty much. Three years, $102 million. Is it? Yeah, he's basically going to make like $40 million in the first year, 45 in the second year. In the third year, uh, that's when he'll... He'll opt out, I would imagine, after that. But here's the thing. In making $40 million for this year, Trevor Bauer is going to make more money than the current payrolls of three different teams. Now, I, I think these their payrolls shouldn't be this low. They shouldn't be allowed to do this because they are purposely tanking and avoiding having to pay to pay stars. So they can keep more of the money, which is total crap. I'm good for Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer, who's who's going to make all that money with the Dodgers. Just think about their their rotation out there. Trevor Bauer can be the one, the two, or the three, depending on how they want to do it. And if you're out there in the NL West, God help you. God help you, man. I <laughs> I've, I just, wow. Just when you thought they couldn't get better, they got better. Wow. The other one to talk about, uh, part of why the Braves re-signed Marcelo Zuna to a four-year, $65 million deal is even though it didn't kick in this year, even though it could still be negotiated at this point, at some point we're going to get universal DH, which means the National League is going to get a DH. And uh, I used to be one to stand up on my soapbox and be against this, but Whatever baseball wants to do, we know they're going to do it anyway, so we might as well just be into it. Kind of like seeing your favorite band and they get to the part where they're going to play, you know, the last two or three songs as part of the, uh, you know, they go off stage and they come back for the finale. They can play anything they wanted to, and your options are to stand there and continue to have a good time and just be into whatever they're going to do, or to leave. Well, that's... Pretty much what baseball is going to do anyway in the NFL. I mean, they all do it. A lot of times they do try to cater to the fans, but a lot of times they don't. So, but they signed Marcelo Ozuna, not not just because it's going to give him a, an extra bat when they need it, and he can't play in the field. But it's a four-year deal. So, if it doesn't kick in this year, within the next year or so, the National League is getting a DH. And when they do, the Braves have already took one of the best Free agent DH is off the market, and he's going to stay where he played last year, where he did a great job. So kudos to the Braves for making the big move and realizing that if you don't sign Ozuna, your opponent is, and he's going to beat you every time. 
Uh, and what was I, I didn't even know this was a possibility, but uh, the A's were able to get out from under the Chris Davis contract as he has not really performed well in the last year or so. And they were able to trade with the Texas Rangers. There were some other pieces involved, but these are the main pieces. Uh, Chris Davis goes to the Rangers. Elvis Andrus, Braves fans, these should sound familiar. Elvis Andrus is going to be the starting shortstop for the Oakland A's. And I think this extremely. And they're getting, they're getting some money and they're saving a little money on it. So maybe they can go for, uh, I think they need left field help, according to uh, Townie and Cody. And they need some bullpen help. Well, they're going to have the money to do that. Now, Braves fans, for the ones of you who are looking puzzled at whatever device you are listening to my show on, first of all, thank you once again for listening. Second of all, Elvis Andres came through the Braves. I think he was drafted by the Braves, and he came through the Braves system, and he would have been the shortstop probably even to this day, except when the Braves were trying to make a big move and go for it all. They traded with the Texas Rangers, and Elvis was part of that deal. A bunch of prospects were part of this deal that ended up coming up and and doing pretty well for the Rangers. It it set up part of their core. And the Braves, in return, got a first baseman who did some some pretty good stuff before moving on to the Yankees. That was Mark Teixeira. You guys remember the Mark Teixeira deal? Well, that's pretty much what it ended up being. A lot of prospects sent to Texas. Texas benefited. A Mark Teixeira had a pretty good career as a Brave before moving on and being injury-riddled as he moved on to the Yankees. But here, I, I love this deal. I, I've always been a big fan of Elvis. Uh, Chris Davis, I think it's going to come back, but he struggled. I think he just needed a change of scenery. That ballpark in Texas may be a little more friendly to the way uh, he want to he may want to try to play and uh, in others A's news, because I, I liked this deal too. Uh, they brought back Jed Lowry. This is the third time Lowry has been with them. He is going to more than likely play second base. So you're up the middle. Double play duo is Jed Lowry and Elvis Andres. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. Watch out for the A's out there. The Dodgers may spend all this money. The A's and Billy Bean are smart. They realize you don't have to just throw money at something. You can make it work. And then lastly, the thing that got me a little fired up early in the week, and not as fired up about it now, but you'll I've calmed down. Uh, Major League Baseball made the announcement that they are going to take some of the pop out of the baseballs. They're going to soften them up they thought they were a little too hard so you so you admit that they're flying a little more than you want them to be to me that means you are admitting that there was some pop in the baseballs that this was intentional because remember a handful of years ago major league baseball bought what is it rawlings who makes all the baseballs so mlb controls the making of the baseballs they use. Now, while this is a smart business practice, this means you have no argument when we say, hey, there's extra pop in the balls, there's not extra pop in the balls, whatever it is, 
whatever's going on with the baseballs, this is baseballs doing. So they're admitting that that latest era where dang near everybody and their grandma can hit one over the fence because of the condition of the ball. Now they're going to deaden it a little bit, I guess, to help the pitchers. I really don't know. But they're going to take some of the pop out of the ball. We'll see what that does. You know? We'll see what that does. Uh, let's see. I got to throw it out there. Fellow media guy. Uh, he was he was a lot more well-known than myself. But uh, reporter Pedro Gomez passed away. A lot of people remembered him. He did a lot of work with ESPN. Uh, he covered the... San Francisco Giants. He was the daily update reporter during the Barry Bonds home run chase, the season record, and uh, I believe once he he uh, beat Hank Aaron's overall record as well. But uh, Pedro Gomez gone way too soon. Just a, just a super super reporter, and uh, he, he's going to be he's going to be. He's going to be missed for sure. He's just all-around good guy. Nobody has a bad story. Everybody has a great story about him. This tells you everything you need to know. But uh, Pedro Gomez, unfortunately, passes, and uh, it's another good media guy down. Real quickly, the last two notes before we get into football, because football, there is a lot going on. Um, the Daytona 500 is this Sunday. And Denny Hamlin is looking to make it three in a row. One of the hardest races to win all year. Denny Hamlin's won the last two. And Denny also knows as he approaches 40, I believe he's 36, 37. Kind of know the feeling there. That, uh, you know, you don't know how much longer you can race or that you're going to race. But the thing about Daytona is outside of, like, Denny winning two in a row and the occasional, like, Jimmy Johnson or Jeff Gordon or name your favorite person who would win here or there, Kevin Harvick. Daytona is usually when, like, somebody comes out of nowhere, like the 25th best racer in the race somehow finds a way to do it. But Daytona is always a fun race. Uh, My mom never misses one. I know her and all of her uh, NASCAR buddies will be watching on Sunday. Uh, I will probably catch some of the race. I will be a little biased in the fact that... um, my two favorite racers, Denny, that I just mentioned, and uh, Kyle Busch. I hope one of them wins. If they don't, I at least want it to be entertaining because uh, there's not really anybody I don't like. And, and that's just kind of how NASCAR is. But Daytona 500 is the biggest race of the year. Never understood why the biggest race of the year is the first one. But, hey, tune in. I'm sure I think Fox has it. It's going to be fantastic. And then lastly... In a gaming note, EA Sports College Football is what it's going to be called. EA Sports is bringing back their college football game, and that's what it's going to be. They're going to call it that way, and from what I hear, they're going to try to avoid any more further lawsuits about likeness and things like that, so there's a good chance that it will be very generic as far as the players. But, hey, EA Sports putting out a college football game. All you gamers... Start standing in line at GameStop now. And while you're standing there, buy their stock. Now, 
let's move on it to the NFL. Um, let's start with the Hall of Fame class. All right, let's start with the Hall of Fame class. This is this is one of the most interesting classes in that I practically know almost every one of them. Like not personally. But like I've actually heard I've actually heard of uh, all well I've actually heard of all of them, but I had to look up what Bill Nunn did. So, you know, let's start with Bill Nunn. He gets in as a contributor. He was a senior scout and the assistant director of player personnel uh, for the Steelers from 1968 to 2014. That's crazy. That's 47 seasons. He was known as the Super Scout. Why did it take that long? He just You just didn't have room on the ballot or something? Holy crap. I mean, that's crazy. But Bill Nunn gets in. You've got um, yeah, Tom Flores out in the Bay Area. People know Tom Flores quite well. He was the uh, head coach for the Oakland Los Angeles Raiders. And uh, he was with the Seahawks as well, 12 seasons. He had a record of 97 and 87. Postseason record of 8 and 3. He was assistant coach for the Raiders for seven seasons before being named the head coach in 1979. Led the team to a Super Bowl title in the second season as the helm. Uh, I believe they beat the Eagles in that one. They did. But just a just an all-around great person for the game. And it's about time that he gets in, you know? It's about time. Let's move on to Alan Fanica. Alan Fanica was a guard who played with the Steelers from 98 to 07 and with the Jets for 08, 09. He also played on the Cardinals for 2010. Alan Fanica, one of the best guards in the game. I'm not saying that because he was voted to the Hall of Fame. I'm saying that because I saw the guy play, and there wasn't many people who got past Alan Fanica. Uh, up next, Calvin Johnson. One of the best receivers of all time. About a third of Matt Stafford's numbers are thanks to Calvin Johnson. I think they, they helped each other. I'm not going to say that... You know, Stafford doesn't get that third with somebody else. But Megatron is one of those guys that if you throw the ball anywhere near him, he's going to get it. And he's just tall enough, he'll reach over the top of somebody and grab it from him there. Megatron gets in, proud of Georgia Tech. A lot of people around here will like that. Uh, you get Charles Woodson, one of the best DBs of all time. I'm a little biased in the fact that uh, University of University of Michigan. Uh, From 98 to 2015 and from 13 to 15, he was with the Oakland Raiders, played for the Packers from 06 to 12. He was a pain in the side of every quarterback who ever faced him. 
and he breaks a tie that Michigan had with Ohio State. So, yeah, Ohio State people love this. Uh, he breaks the tie where Michigan now has more people in the Hall of Fame. Yep. Enjoy that one there, uh, Ohio State people. Drew Pearson gets in. The pride of Tulsa University. Played 10 years, miraculously great years, 11 seasons actually, with Dallas Cowboys, 156 games. He was an undrafted free agent. And he retired. when he retired, he was the Cowboys' all-time leader for receptions with 489 and receiving yards, 7,822. He caught 48 touchdown passes. I'm going to say this again. This is not even my Cowboy bias. I'm going to say this again. Why did it take this long on Drew Pierce? This, I mean, I know they only put in so many a year, but that, maybe you need to start rethinking this because you're getting a backlog of people that should have been in a while ago, and you know that. Uh, let's see. Can't miss. John Lynch. Here's the weird thing about John Lynch. Pretty sure he was uh, like a a tight end or a quarterback for Stanford or something like that, and they end up converting him to one of the best safeties of all time. He played with the Buccaneers, and he played with the Broncos 15 seasons, 224 games. That guy, man, he could he could hit, and he was just a joy to play, uh, see play, and uh, congratulations to him on getting in. Now, Last but not least, I saved him for last because I got a good story about this person. He's pretty much the headliner, more than likely going to be last when they do this. They, uh, when the Colts representative stood up to present a case for why this next person should be in the Hall of Fame. This came from a Hall of Fame voter. They stood up. Didn't even introduce themselves. They stood up. They looked around the room, and they said, Peyton Manning, and they sat back down. I believe somebody did this for Jerry Rice back in the day. They probably did it for other people. But, I mean, yeah, what what possible case or argument is there to be made? The quarterback, the pride out of Tennessee, uh, played 18 seasons. Played, uh, what, three Three or four with Broncos, played the rest with the Colts. Two and two in the Super Bowl. More importantly, he won two Super Bowls, one with each team. And him and Brady, I don't know that you can, if there's anybody in the game who could outthink them at the line of scrimmage. Ask Ray Lewis, ask uh, any of these other players that went against them. When you got to the line of scrimmage, you weren't going to outthink them. You just had to outguess them. So congratulations to Hall of Fame class. What a great class that was. That is. Now let's get into the Super Bowl. My thoughts on the Super Bowl. Of course, by now, everybody knows it was 31-9. to 
the Bucks won, of course. Uh, but more importantly, Todd Bowles shut down the best offense in the league for probably the last handful of years. And that's no knock on other defense. I mean, on other offenses or on other defenses that couldn't stop them. But what Todd Bowles basically did is he did a too high safety, rushed just his front four, which helped because the offensive line issues that we talked about on here that the Chiefs were going to have with basically, uh, what was it? Their right tackle was moved to left tackle. Their right guard was moved to right tackle. And then they brought in uh, a backup to play right guard. And the Buccaneers feasted on that and had Mahomes. They said Mahomes ran 400 yards in scramble yards trying to get away. And every player was running for his life. They put Levante David one-on-one most of the time because he had safety help over the top. But one-on-one with Travis Kelsey. That panned out really well. Travis Mahomes. I mean, Travis Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes still made some incredible plays, and he's still, I mean, he's still going to get his numbers. He's still going to do the best he could. He's already had his turf toe surgery, I believe, today or yesterday. Uh, so that's cleared up. Uh, for what it's worth, Brady had a minor knee surgery as well. I'm not, I don't know what kind of thing he had there, but Todd Bowles should be the MVP of this game. He more than likely, he should get some sort of uh, head coaching interview next year, along with uh, Byron Lefwich, who is the offensive coordinator for the Bucks. what he's done in the last couple of years, what he did with Jameis last year, what he did with Tom this year. I mean, those two guys, Arians knows he, he might just be losing coordinators in the next couple of years. Obviously not this year, because... Everybody's already got to see at the table when they become available. But these coordinators are the MVPs, especially Todd Bowles. Uh, some tidbits as far as that, you know, the Chiefs are going to be fine. They're going to be back. We're going to see a shakeup of a few things. I think they're going to draft a, a couple linemen in the draft. I could definitely see that. Um, Uh, let's see, here we go. Brady now has more rings than any other franchise, and that's because the Steelers had six until he won six with the Patriots and tied that, and then now he went to a different team and won that. So it's an incredible stat, but it's not quite as crazy as people think. He won six with one team and then won another, so he's going to obviously have more than any other team. But that's just incredible. Ring number seven. He is now seven and three in Super Bowls. Good luck ever finding anybody to do that. To, to come close to that record anytime soon. Uh, Brady threw two touchdowns to Gronk that set a new record for 14 touchdowns. That's the most by any duo in the Super Bowl. That's It's just incredible. And they might add more next year. Who knows? And this was Super Bowl MVP number Five for Brady. Five MVPs, seven Super Bowl rings. The debate's over. The debate's over. There's no other argument for any other quarterback. I I would even say any other player that has done the things that he has done. This and this is not my opinion. The debate's over. Brady's the best. He uh, may have issues while on boats and floats, but 
Tom Brady's the best. Could people pass him down the road? Sure, but it's going to take just a heck of an effort to do that. And Brady's not ready to turn over the reins yet. I think he plays at least another year. And we'll see from there. And then, as far as Mahomes, I had this thought the other day, and I wanted to kind of bring it up. Is Patrick Mahomes the new Andrew Luck? Now, of course, Andrew Luck never won a Super Bowl in his short career. but And Patrick Mahomes has. And Patrick's still young. But here's where I draw the comparison. They uh, they both just have epic skills, just completely fantastic, off-the-chart talent. They're young. They're slingers, uh, not afraid to, to make plays when, when they have to. But injuries have, uh, have derailed a little bit of Mahomes' progress, and they definitely... They definitely had a lot to do with why Andrew Luck's no longer in the league. Is Patrick Mahomes, outside of his one Super Bowl, is he the new Andrew Luck? Are uh, are the injuries going to add up, or are we going to maybe not see him to his full potential? Which is scary if you see where his potential is now. But is Mahomes the new Luck? And I don't have a direct answer for this yet. It's just something to keep in mind and something to something to kind of watch along as his career unfolds. Um, honestly, I hope he's not derailed by injuries, but it could happen. It, uh, it definitely could happen. Hall of Fame coach, because if he's not in the Hall of Fame, then then it's it then that place is a joke. Uh, Marty Schottenheimer passed away at seventy seven. Uh, he, I think Alzheimer's was um, the culprit in that, and uh, he leaves behind a, a legacy and a half. He has two hundred regular season wins. He coached four different teams. He was two hundred. 126 and 1 in 21 seasons. It's the eighth most wins for a coach. And, uh, you know, hearing, hearing Ross Tucker talk about how he gave him a chance and, and he was just always a super guy, uh, I thought there was some really heartfelt words that, that Ross put out there, and I appreciate him saying all the, all the things he did because um, a lot of this new generation, you guys don't know who Marty Schottenheimer is. I encourage you to look him up. Uh, I can sit here and talk about it for 10 minutes. But until you see the numbers and see maybe some of the videos, the things that, that he set up, then uh, I, I don't think I could do it justice. But uh, Mark, Marty Schottenheimer, like I said, passes away at 77. Uh, just just a super good coach. Super good. The big story coming out in the last few days is that uh, it seemed Russell Wilson is exercising his power as a player and doesn't seem to be real happy with Seattle right now. Um, doesn't like getting knocked around so much. I think this also, it's not just that. I think it's a lot of opportunity that him and uh, Sierra maybe want to move their family elsewhere to a different market for other opportunities and other things like that. I definitely could see that. 
Um, everybody speculated, just like they will on another guy I'm going to mention in a minute, as to where this guy could go. I just offered this, and this is not a fan fantasy land thing. You guys know I'm not really into fantasy land, but it's going to be similar to the Matthew Stafford, the Matt Stafford deal. It is going to, it's got to benefit the other team and benefit Seattle as well. It's got to be, you know, I think you're going to see a deal similar to this. And when I say similar to this, uh, you know, I'll, I would love this to happen, but it's going to be a team like the Dallas Cowboys. Because if you're the Cowboys, you know, because Seattle's not going to just hand over their franchise quarterback without something coming back in return. Well, a team like Dallas could offer Dak Prescott and like a first-round pick for Russell Wilson. Maybe it's two first-round picks. Um, maybe it's a package deal, even though they really don't need another runner send Zeke or Elliott up there. Um, but more than likely, it's going to be a team that, you know, he's not going to, Russ is not going to Houston. Let's just throw that out. It's going to be, I don't know that he, if he wants to go to New York, but that's a rebuilding team with the Jets. So I don't necessarily see that because, you know, I could see, I could see New York. I can see New York, like the Jets, saying, hey, we'll give you Sam Darnold and a couple of these picks that we have. I can see that. Yeah, but it's going to be a team like that that has like a young potential star that they could send back. So we'll, we'll see what happens with Russ because uh, here's, here's the thing that I also say about Russell Wilson is uh, he's friends with Aaron Rodgers. Is he pulling an Aaron Rodgers? At some point, Aaron Rodgers is going to go play for a different team. But he's pulling the Brett Favre, but instead of saying he might retire or he might not retire every year, he's pulling the, uh, well, let's see if I stay here or if I go. I might leave. I could always leave, but I end up staying. Is Russell Wilson showing his dissatisfaction for Seattle, trying to... Uh, bump it up for more money. Maybe he's trying to get more power in uh, picking offensive linemen and people around him so he doesn't get knocked around so much. Uh, here's the interesting thing about Russell Wilson. He has this in common with Patrick Mahomes uh, and, and a couple others like that. I think Lamar does it too. Uh, Russ doesn't take the first read a lot. He, uh, he kind of likes to scramble, kind of like Rodgers, kind of like Mahomes, like I say. Uh, it's 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 like he's trying to make it a bigger play, going for the home run more than just taking what you get. Now I'll give Dak Prescott credit; that's something Dak does. Uh, Dak will survey, but if his first read's there and it's five yards, and, and he can make it second and five as opposed to second and ten, he usually takes that. When you look at it, though, like I said, is is Russ trying to pull an Aaron? I think that's possible. I think he's just trying to ruffle it up a little bit, or he may see this as the opportunity. We have other people, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson trying to use his power as a player and as a, as a big star in this league to, to get out of a, a, a bad situation. Seattle's not a bad situation. It's way better than most, but 
I really do think it comes down to where Wilson wants to take his family and for opportunities for him and his wife. I'm sure it's not easy up in Seattle for some of the things they do. You know, so look at big markets. Uh, L.A.'s out. They just got theirs. Like I said, New York is open. Uh, they're not. He's not going to Chicago. Um, Jaguar fans, he's not coming to you. It seems like every time somebody comes available, you guys think they should get them. Falcons fans, let's throw that out too. Because, first of all, Seattle's not taking Matt Ryan. And the only way Russell Wilson can come to Atlanta is if Matt Ryan is off the books. Well, that's not going to happen. So that's out. Uh, could a team like Tennessee make a uh, make a jump? Yeah, they they definitely could. So we'll uh, we'll just have to watch and see. You got you got a couple of players trying to uh, use their their advantage as stars in the league, and and I applaud them. For so many years, things like the franchise tag were are used against players that. Here's a chance that they're like, you know what? Maybe I want out. And so that's what they're uh, that's what they're trying to do. Now, um, Minnesota has promoted Clint Kubiak to offensive coordinator. Why is that a big story? Well, that's a big story because he is Gary Kubiak's son. Part of why Kubiak stepped down, I believe, is because he saw that in stepping out of the way, I believe he was the OC, that his son may get the opportunity. He got a chance to coach with him. Now he's getting a chance to help him get promoted. I think it was a fantastic thing. I look forward to seeing what Clint Kubiak does as the offensive coordinator in Minnesota. Uh, You know, obviously at, at this moment, Kirk Cousins is not going anywhere. Yeah, because I think he's in that Matt Ryan boat. I think age-wise, he he wouldn't go to Seattle. Could you imagine Russell Wilson in Minnesota? That would just be crazy. Just crazy. But uh, good luck to Clint on that. No. And then lastly, the thing that we saw that dropped in the last few days has been made official earlier today. J.J. Watt asks for his release from the Texans after 10 years, I believe. And the Texans actually granted. Uh, there was no struggle. They said, absolutely. We could sit here all day and play fantasy land as to where he could potentially end up. Uh, a lot of people say maybe Pittsburgh with his two brothers. That's, uh, that's, that's definitely something to look at. So far, a report from Pro Football Talk says that the Steelers, Browns, Titans and Bills have all shown interest. I think about half the league should show interest in J.J. Watt. He is still one of the best players in the game. He is great for your locker room, great for your community. Um, And this is one time uh, I would love to see him in Dallas. I don't think he is a fit in Dallas, so uh, let's put that out of the way. I don't think he's a fit in Atlanta. I, I think very much those teams that I just mentioned are uh, are probably probably the ones to consider. Bills, Titans, Browns, Steelers. Um, Browns would be interesting 
in the fact that they would go against the Steelers twice a year, and I don't know that he would want to go against his brothers twice a year. He may. Um, Titans and Bills, I, I think, would be your second and third choices there. But you never know. Somebody could come out of nowhere. Um, you know, a Seattle or the Rams or maybe the Buccaneers. If Ndamukong Sue moves on or retires, well, J.J. Watt would be a good guy to put in the middle. There you go. That's going to actually do it for us. Shout out to everybody that makes the sports show as awesome as it is every week. I am Jeremy the Impact Boy. We will see you guys next week. Peace, peace.